Hello, sweet listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the NetSuite podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and it is a new year. So that means new NetSuite functionality. NetSuite 2022 release one is here. Sneak peeks are officially live, so we're taking this episode to discuss all of the new updates that come with it. We'll be joined by several guests to help us break down everything you need to know with new capabilities across financials, WMS, projects, analytics, the Sweet Cloud platform, and more. Stay tuned, there's a whole lot you won't want to miss. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. First up, Senior Director of Product Marketing Lisa Schwarz joins us to provide a general overview of what's new in 2022 Release 1, a teaser into what we'll discuss throughout the remainder of the episode, as well as a refresher on how the update is delivered to all of you and how to prepare for it. Hi, Lisa. Welcome back and Happy New Year. Thanks, Kendall. Happy New Year to you, too. And of course, with the new year comes, drumroll please, a new release. Absolutely. Well, was Everybody was waiting for that for the holidays. So here we are. I know. I don't think that they, you know, no one was like looking forward to celebrating 2022 and said they were thinking of 2022 release one, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to bring them all that excitement today. Um, we've got a huge group joining us to dive into what we can expect from this release. Um, but can you give us a little teaser of what's to come the rest of this episode? Absolutely. Uh, kind of some uh, highlights that we'll be hearing from our esteemed colleagues uh, from the organization. But um To start off with, you know, we've got a lot of neat things around uh, functionality and new features on uh, bringing insights and more visibility to our users. So you'll be hearing about the new Cache 360 and Projects 360 dashboards, which hopefully, you know, folks have gotten a little uh, teaser from that from Sweet World. Those were featured um, at Sweet World last fall. And then another, you know, uh, product announced at Sweet World, which you'll be hearing more about, is uh, the analytics warehouse. So, mm-hmm. hearing the momentum of what's happening with that product and some of the new pre-built analytic uh, capabilities that um, are coming in this release. And then to to round out some of the analytics capabilities, uh, another new feature coming from a lot of customer requests is a new interface with the suite analytic workbooks, which Mm -hmm. is going to be making the joining and linking of of multiple data sets a lot easier. Now you just can drag and drop versus needing suite scripting. So super cool around that, I think, at least. Yeah, definitely. Being some of the the data nerd in me comes out there. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And then, um, you know, diving a little bit more into some of the features that are bringing efficiencies uh, and automation to our customers, you'll be hearing about the uh, new invoice presentation templates, which will be make which will make uh, creating customized invoices a lot easier. 
uh, on the warehouse management side, we'll be talking about zone picking and then uh, some more enhancements around the intercompany accounting functionality, which we've been uh, enhancing and releasing new capabilities the last couple of releases. So always good to, we'll be neat to hear some of that as well. Yes. A lot to come for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Now on every new release episode, I think it's super important to explain how all, all of this works, whether for our new listeners who may be new customers and have never gone through this before, or just for anyone who needs a little refresher. So can you remind us how do these new features, how do we deliver these new features to our customers? Yeah, I think it's super important. One, it's really impressive and um, uh, of what we have refined over the last 20 plus years with the release process, but always bringing in new customers. This is a you know, first time for somebody. Uh, so hopefully they're going to uh, get some more insight and learn something. So yeah, we um, NetSuite releases two updates a year, you know, calendar Q1 and in Q3. So what that means is that all our customers right now, you know, the 28,000 plus customers receive the updates um, at they're all in the same version at the same time. So we're all in the same release and um, everyone's coming along for the ride. Yeah. So this is um, our first release of the year. Um, the update will be released to accounts in three phases, which will go between mid, mid February and April of this year. So each customer is assigned to a release phase which you can customers can find out what you know what when their phases when they're up uh, when they're due up up for bat so to speak um, with the new release portlet which is which will be uh, uh, going live on their NetSuite dashboard so that release portlet provides the dates and time of when the account will be updated as well as when the new when the um, release preview account will be available for that particular customer. Got so, it. so on the day of the update of when you know your update is scheduled, um, customers don't need to do anything. They don't need to install anything. Um, mm -hmm. All they need to know is that the account will go offline uh, during this time mm -hmm. uh, for about a two-hour period. But honestly, um, like I mentioned, our teams have like refined this process so so incredibly that most of the updates happen within 30 minutes or less, which is so amazing. I know still it continues to blow my mind. It's, <laughs> it's like this fine choreographed dance. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people may go watch the nutcracker at the end of the year and, and think, wow, this is just incredible. But here at NetSuite, we think about <laughs> how our releases are, are sent out to 28,000 plus customers. And sometimes those updates happen in 30 minutes or less. So look at that. Nutcracker who. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how should customers best prepare for the update? I know you said they don't really need to do anything once the update happens, but what do they need to do ahead of time? Yeah, well, a couple of things which um, are always good um, is just to learn about what's in the release. So um, that's one thing. And then um, request uh, a release preview test account so you can try it. Um, so even though, you know, 
we we say everything you know the we every even though the upgrades happen automatically and including you know if you've customized your uh, environment, we do encourage users to test things out you know using their own data and workflows and integrations just to make sure you know who likes surprises. Um, <laughs> so um, you know better to catch those types of things um, now versus you know once every once the new release has been pushed and um, is in in your uh, production account. So definitely would want to encourage that um, if you have the time. Yeah, I still need to get that t-shirt made for you. That is your catchphrase typically on this podcast, which is test drive before you go live. So that t-shirt will be coming soon to you, Lisa, even though people won't be able to see it on this podcast, you could wear it for these recordings that happen twice a year. (laughs) All right. I will wear it proud. Um, (laughs) And it's really easy, you know, to request um, a release preview account. So it's just right in your, on your NetSuite uh, dashboard under the setup company tab um, where you can go and and, re- and ask uh, request for that account, that environment to be set up for you, um, which typically happens, the, that release preview account is available about 30 days prior to when your account will be updated. So plenty of time uh, for folks to spend a little time, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole lot, but just you know, check it out, kick the tires, see what's new and how it interacts in your environment. Got it. Um, thank you for all of that. I think my last question for you, Lisa, is what are some other ways that customers can learn more about 2022 release one? Like you had said, you know, to kind of get up to date on, on what's coming. Yeah. Well, you know, listening to the rest of this podcast is a great start. Uh, I love that plug. Exactly. (laughs) Kudos there for, uh, you know, uh, listening to the rest of the podcast. There we go. Um, we've got, uh, you know, sneak peek blogs on netsuite.com, um, which will be, which are available. So those blogs are about, I think 10 or 11 of them, which take an industry view as well as additional blogs that are more horizontal on um, that cover, you know, go a little bit deeper into specific product features. So like, you know, financials and analytics and sweet people type of thing. So, um, you know, find your industry or find your favorite product and read a little bit uh, more up on there. We've also got um, some customer meetups that will be happening uh, in February. So those are virtual events that are happening. Um, Invitations um, should be sent out if they have not already been. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely encourage for people to uh, register for those events. Uh, always a great uh, opportunity to hear from our experts right there. And then also some uh, you know, opportunity to ask questions as well and then interact with your peers, you know, your, your counterparts too. So um, that's pretty cool. Yes. In Sweet Answers, um, there's always there's usually a, a plethora of training videos available. So um, hit up Sweet Answers to look at you know to see what uh, training videos would be available um, on the particular features. And then last but not least, if you really really want to go deep, um, go um, and read the release notes. Um, there you will go and and get the nuts and bolts of of all the features, the functionalities, and how to do what and when type of things. Highly suggested. Take those release notes. Curl up by a fire. Um, you know, get a glass of of wine or a hot chocolate, whatever you're into. And those release notes will most definitely keep you busy. Right, Lisa? 
Sounds like a great afternoon. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to say was if you haven't gotten your invite for any of our virtual meetups, go ahead and reach out to your account manager and they can make sure that you do get that email. Um, and as for any of the other reading material that Lisa just suggested, I'll make sure to provide those links in the description of this podcast episode. And with that, Lisa, thank you as always for joining us on this podcast. Thanks, Kendall. Appreciate it. Next, we're diving into the new financial capabilities coming out with 2022 release one, like cash management and operational efficiency, including intercompany transactional pairing. Joining us to do so is senior product marketing manager, Scott Beaver. Scott, we've talked a lot about the future of finance on this podcast and how that's impacting business right now. But in your own words, what are finance teams focused on today? Well, cash management is always a top priority. And forecasting cash flow is a challenge no matter what the environment is. And it can be time consuming. But particularly now, when we're still feeling the effects of the pandemic, we've got some inflationary pressure, um, figuring out you know better ways and more timely um, information to forecast cash flow accurately is a top priority for most finance organizations. Yeah, that makes sense with the uh, the business environment we continue to find ourselves in, and that continues to evolve with uh, yep. with new challenges and solutions. I should say to keep it positive. Um, speaking of solutions, how does twenty twenty two release one address these priorities? What aspects of financial management does this release really address? We've done a lot in over the last several releases where we're focusing on cash management. So with uh, 2022 release one, we're continuing that that focus. And we're also looking at things like, um, you know, efficiencies within uh, companies with subsidiaries. But, you know, that's kind of where um, we're focused, this ability to manage my cash, get visibility into my cash, and to do a much better job of forecasting cash flow. So I'm able to make the kinds of decisions I need to make with actual information as opposed as opposed to doing my, you know, what's my gut telling me? Yeah. So what are some of the common cash management challenges organizations face? The, the biggest one is not knowing exactly how much cash you have when you're trying to make a decision, whether it's, you know, do I invest in this or do I invest in that? And not really having, even if you know your, your balance, you don't really have sufficient visibility into, well, what's going to be like a month from now. And so that's, you know, again, that's challenging. And with the pandemic, um, you know, one of the things that we saw is companies trying to do cash flow forecasts daily, um, yeah. and in some cases twice a day, just so yeah. they understood their cash position. So, um, and, that, and that continues, and I think it brought a, a heightened focus, but just getting that visibility and understanding, you know, how much cash do I have? And, and then I will say, you know, if you're a, a multi-entity, if you've got subsidiaries, you know, one of the other challenges is trying to figure out well, how, what kind of transactions are happening between the different business units and making sure I'm clearing those out uh, before I run my financials. Right. I mean, I, and, and probably more than just visibility, it's also acts quick access um, to this type of information, which I hear, you know, companies and our, our customers specifically talking about a lot, which is how they use NetSuite when they are doing this sometimes daily uh, forecasting the quick access to that information is, is really critical. Um, and you what can't get in, that 
unless yeah. and you can't get that unless you have that real time um right. and, you know many companies still try to do that in spreadsheets and that's just not going to give you that right. up to the minute exactly exactly um what in this release also addresses um some of the need to get you know if you are let's say forecasting daily what in 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 2022 release 1 addresses that we're really excited about cash 360 um, this is our cash management dashboard. Um, and you know it does a couple of things that we really think our customers are going to benefit from. You know, for one thing, it's going to give you uh, up to the minute or re- you know real time access to your current cash balance um, mm-hmm. you know, with using the bank feeds capability that we already have, but bringing that information from your connected accounts and having it right there displayed in front of you. So you know your current ca- cash position first thing uh, when you get into the office. You know, it's also going to give you um, a real-time view of accounts receivable and, and your AP balance at the same time. So you've always got that information in front of you, as well as the ability to access relevant you know, reports, your aging, receivables aging, um, mm-hmm. your payables aging, et cetera. But what's really interesting is you know, we're now putting in this sort of dashboard, giving you a rolling six-month cash flow forecast. You know, once the dashboard is configured and certainly we help you set that up. It's going to automatically give you the data on what you're likely to collect based on historical data. So you're not just saying, well, I know I sold this. It's right. saying based on historical data, here's how much cash you're likely to collect from that in what time frame, and the same with expenses. So suddenly I'm seeing what I'm most likely to, to come in. So that's going to give me a much better um, understanding of cash flow. And I don't have to spend hours doing it. You know, right. typically it takes three or four hours to prepare one of these. Instead, you know, it's right there on my dashboard. So then um, the other thing that's nice is it gives you the ability not just to incorporate, you know, things you know about, say, you know, big expenses, not just incorporate the things you know about, but things that maybe are planned that aren't on the books yet, but I can enter that data in and get a sense of, okay, three months down the line, here's what I'm looking at. So and does that it's impact- going to save a ton of time. And, and again, give, just give that visibility to uh, simplify um, decision-making. Yeah. And so like when we are saying like, here's what I expect three months down the line, it, does that impact the rolling forecast as well? Like, is that absolutely that, that we, okay, yeah, so good. So an example, you know, I might have, um, you know, I've got a pretty nice receivables. So maybe I'd think, well, what if I finance those to get cash in a little bit sooner? How's that going to affect cash flow three, four months down the road? So I can incorporate that. It's um, not exactly a what if scenario, scenario, but if it's, you know, a pretty solid consideration, I can put that in there and, and get a really nice picture. And it doesn't take a lot of time once this initial dashboard is set up. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, Basically, like to some, I mean, Cash 360 is providing that cash flow visibility needed, as well as making it easier to get all this information, making it easier to make, you know, real time business decisions. Um, and, you know, all in all, that's a huge efficiency driver and a, a huge time saving for everyone. Like you said, sometimes to make these rolling forecasts or to make these forecasts is three to four hours of your day. And especially if you're doing that several times a week or even several times a month, that's a lot of time to be spending. So huge time Absolutely. saver there. Absolutely. Um, and, and the rolling part is what's so, you know, what's so great. It's not just a snapshot. It's I'm watching it, you know, it's regularly updated. And so right. I always know what's ahead for my business. 
And we know for rolling forecasts, I mean, especially in, in kind of the economic and business times that we're seeing right now, um, those are critical and, and to have that, um, right in front of you when you need it is, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's really a make or break thing for a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what else in this release will help accounting teams increase their efficiency? I know we're always focused on that. We're always focused on greater automation, you know, making accounting and financial teams lives easier. Um, tell us a little bit else uh, about what we can expect in, in 22.1. Yeah. So as, you know, as I talked about, cash management's been a big initiative for us over the last several releases. We're doing a lot around, um, you know, accounts payable and accounts receivable automation. And then for companies that um, you know, are using one world, our multi-entity international um, business platform. We're also doing a lot on that intercompany accounting uh, approach. And so many smaller organizations or, you know, or merging organizations don't necessarily have a defined workflow. Um, maybe there's just not enough transaction volume. So they need a simple way to identify a sales order and an invoice without having you know, a complex process. Um, you know, if there are two or three a month of these intercompany transactions, you know, I just don't need all that, that sort of overhead or, or process. So we're introducing intercompany transaction pair, pairing, which is just basically, it's a continuation of the work that we've done, but it, it makes it much, much easier to just do, identify uh, you know, an invoice and a payment order, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to have the whole backend process. I can just do it at the moment that the uh, transaction uh, is, is created and issue basically a credit memo is what we're talking about. Got it. Well, I mean, I know we talk, Scott, you and I have worked together on on several different proje- projects. And when we talked about really intercompany accounting and the struggles that businesses, especially those running on say QuickBooks, because QuickBooks was not made for <laughs> multi uh, subsidiary businesses, um, that, that the challenges that they face in the amount of time and just the error, especially if you're using, you know, like I said, QuickBooks and exporting to, to spreadsheets and then trying to compare it that way. So this is also, um, a good time saver in that realm without it being overwhelming, like you said. Yeah, so it's it's just such a challenge for growing organizations in particular where they've acquired a company or they're expanding into new markets and just the difficulty of keeping an accurate record of those things. Yeah. And particularly when you don't have a huge procurement organization and you don't have a, a lot of administrative staff to kind of track those things. So this is going to make it much easier if you're, you know, only have a few of these and you don't need the process but want to be able to, you know, issue credit mem- memos to internal transactions. Yeah, that's great. Well, Scott, on that note, thank you so much for joining us and providing this insight. Happy to help. Next up, NetSuite's industry solution advisor for warehouse management, Allison Griffin, will reveal new capabilities for NetSuite WMS. She starts by explaining some of the obstacles warehouses are facing right now, including e-commerce sale labor, ongoing labor shortages, and supply chain challenges, and how NetSuite WMS can help overcome all of them. She'll dive into new capabilities like zone picking, pack station, and mobile functionality. Allison, the increase in e-commerce sales combined with ongoing labor shortages and supply chain challenges, which we're hearing nonstop about is putting a major strain on businesses and specifically on warehouses. So how are warehouses responding or how should they be responding to all of this? Sure. 
so, you know, e-commerce sales have increased nearly 20% in the last year, and, and we don't expect that to decline. This means you have warehouses being asked to increase e-commerce output directly from their own facilities, as well as to support fulfillment through marketplace options such as Fulfilled by Amazon, Walmart Marketplace, which introduced entirely different challenges to do with compliance and timeliness. Then, of course, to talk to the supply chain, you know, offshore production and transport of goods from offshore locations have been so adversely affected by, uh, by COVID. Folks are, you know, in response to that, bringing full containers into the warehouse, really as much inventory as they can get their hands on to avoid shortages, reduce costly air freight, which means larger volumes for the warehouse teams to receive and manage and the battle with warehouse space. You're also seeing more of the kitting, the manufacturing processes being brought in-house, which is going to add additional responsibility to the warehouse operators. So, you know, in summary, warehouses are being asked to do more work with less. How do they do that? Well, some folks are turning to third-party logistics providers or 3PLs. Others might be drop shipping directly from the vendor, each of which has its expense and challenges in its own right. Really, though, working smarter, not harder within the four walls of the warehouse offers the most gain in terms of efficiencies. Got it. Okay. So I want to dive deeper into that. What does that look like exactly? Like how do warehouses work smarter, not harder? Well, you know, at the most basic level, warehouses are responsible for receiving and put away, storing and managing items in the four walls and fulfilling orders. So they should be evaluating each of these processes to understand how they can increase efficiencies. To work smarter, businesses need to, one, understand these processes, particularly as they pertain to their business. Eliminate redundancies. Consolidate tasks where possible. And consider adopting automation, which, of course, comes at at a lot of different levels. And something that we are very helpful with. So that brings me to my next question, which is how does NetSuite, NetSuite WMS help warehouses with all of that? So, you know, let's, let's look at some of the areas that uh, I I mentioned Um, inbound receiving storage, management of items, fulfillment or outbound processes Um, on the inbound side, NetSuite WMS supports the mobile. I reiterate that the mobile receipt against native NetSuite purchase orders, transfer orders, inbound shipments, and returns transactions. This is going to eliminate time-consuming manual processes, so your warehouse operators aren't writing stuff down and having to go communicate those to to somebody sitting at a workstation for data entry, and it's going to support quicker dock-to-stock. As part of that receiving process, NetSuite WMS supports barcoded label printing um, on an as-needed or an automated basis to ensure Um, you know, accurate and timely scanning of inventory downstream for those subsequent processes. Put-away strategies can be configured to ensure that inventory is put away to its proper location based on item attributes, things like ABC velocity, item type, brand, inventory attributes, such as inventory status, right, making sure your damaged stuff gets to the damage area, your good stuff to the good area, and so on. Operators can then use put-away Um, to put away inventory item by item, cart put away, uh, which is going to introduce an optimal put away path so your operators are are moving efficiently through the warehouse, or full pallet put away. This is going to 
all allow businesses to ensure inventory is being managed properly. So for instance, your refrigerated stuff is in the refrigerated area, your frozen stuff in the frozen area, jackets are in the outerwear area, belts are in the accessory area, and so on. For those that use a velocity-based model, it's going to help ensure that your fast-moving items are in that A-velocity area that are more accessible to the picking, the replenishment processes, than your slow movers. This is, of course, going to add efficiency to uh, the fulfillment processes as a whole. On the outbound side, it's all about processing orders quickly, accurately, so that the right items get to customers in the shortest possible time. Timeliness, accuracy, usually is going to equal a happy customer. So here we offer wave release templates. Um, these can be configured and used for identifying the proper orders or order lines to release to the warehouse, really based on any criteria you can dream up. So it might be customer, order type, ship method, custom fields. This is going to allow warehouse managers to release orders to the floor in the order which they want them to be fulfilled. So not purely based on chronological. They might, for instance, release VIP orders first or release like orders or orders of like items at the same time. Along those lines, operators can then pick the orders using single order picking, multi-order picking, where multiple orders are picked in a single pass of the warehouse, or bulk picking, which is really just a different form of multi-order picking. In any case, pickers are picking in a defined pick path, ensuring that they're weaving through the warehouse efficiently. In the case that they are picking multiple orders at once, they're really minimizing that back and forth of floor staff since they're able to pick like or same items for multiple orders in one pass of the warehouse. Now, all of this, of course, is being done on the mobile RF handheld devices which you know include intuitive workflows designed for warehouse operations. So the mobile application is going to really walk the warehouse through step-by-step step, the daily processes of receiving, moving, counting, replenishing, picking items within the warehouse so that they're working in an efficient manner. And then, of course, the scan validation enables operators to validate that they're accurately capturing transaction, item, bin, lot and serial were relevant elements. Um, and upon doing so, is going to immediately update the transaction status and the inventory levels in NetSuite real time for improved visibility across the organization. So your, you know, your, your various resources are going to really better be able to do their jobs with that level of visibility. Yeah, I mean, this is all, again, critical to really being able to operate smarter, um, not harder. And especially like we've talked about with the labor shortages that everybody's talking about right now to be able to really take, um, advantage of the resources that you do currently have. Um, I want to dive into 2022 release one here with this release. NetSuite has added additional functionality to really further optimize daily warehouse operations, um, and allow businesses to meet these challenges that we're currently facing that really have um, kind of rose amid the pandemic. Can you tell us about some of those new features we're going to see? Sure. Um, before I talk to, to specifically 22.1, I do want to kind of talk a little bit to uh, the pack station, pack station um, functionality. Uh, this was yes. actually introduced in the 21.1 release, um, yep. but you know, with subsequent 
functionality in, in you know, 21.2 and, and of course, 22.1 around the corner, the pack station is really going to help businesses further optimize the packing and the shipping processes. Um, it, it's going to offer mobile packing, uh, introduces a variety of features, um, including scan pack. So your operator in this case is required to scan the item, the lot, the serial, um, barcodes as part of that packing process. It's going to offer two-level packing. So you can pack to a carton and then optionally palletize those cartons. Introduces integrated waste scale, um, dynamic packing instructions. So you can provide you know, instructions to your, your packing operators uh, that pop up right on the screen, make sure that the packing is done properly. Um, mobile label and report printing. So you can you know, produce uh, labels and reports directly from the pack station uh, as needed uh, and more. Um, and expect this feature to continue to evolve. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a growing feature. So yeah. on to 22.1. Even more exciting, 22.1 is going to introduce zone picking uh, to WMS, which is going to allow operators to, to perform their picking activities from specific zones uh, or areas in the warehouse, if you will. This is going to provide higher throughput ability, scalability, flexibility, uh, and handling both small and large order volumes, um, help them handle different product sizes with different numbers of pickers, and pickers really with specific skill sets. So you might have somebody that, you know, is, is um, skilled to, to use the fork. That person, you know, fulfills orders in a zone that requires that type of functionality. Right. To kind of briefly explain what this process looks like um, functionally, as part of the wave release, uh, when a set of orders or order lines is going to be released to the warehouse and zone picking is selected, NetSuite WMS is first going to use the, the standard picking logic to identify the proper, uh, the recommended bin location for each pick. It's then going to group those picks based on the zone in which those recommended bins are assigned, at which point the picks can then be assigned to or accessed by operators who are picking in the relevant zone or zones. Operators can then complete the picks in their zone on the mobile um, using, you know, any of the aforementioned pick types. So single order, multi-order, bulk picking. And then stage them for optimal, I'm sorry, optional uh, consolidation with other picks for that particular order. And then finally, um, you know, with 22.1, the mobile platform and the workflows, which were, you know, designed from the get-go to, to, you know, introduce improved performance, more usability, configurability are going to offer even more configurability and usability, um, including more visibility into the data from a single screen. So, um, you know, you, you're going to have the option of uh, additional defaulting um, of data onto the screens, the ability to hide certain screens deemed extraneous by some folks without scripting. You're going to be able to do this from the NetSuite user interface. It's going to also offer enhanced printing functionality. So um, you're going to have additional print triggers in the mobile workflows uh, and more print automation options. It'll offer additional visibility into picking and wave processes on the mobile uh, so that work can be you know, more effectively divvied out uh, and that warehouse operators, managers can maintain better visibility uh, to the progress of the work, what's going on with a particular order or wave. And it's also going to add tally scanning functionality to additional workflows. So, you know, in summary, with NetSuite WMS, uh, and specifically the development of the mobile application, businesses are poised to automate many of their manual processes that take up 
valuable time and resources so that they can increase the output efficiencies and accuracy. Wow. Wow. A lot to um, unpack here. Um, <laughs> not to get punny, but that's, that's a lot and uh, some very exciting stuff. And I just appreciate you coming on Allison to really talk to us um, about all of it. Give us all the insight. Um, and I look forward to this continuing really to develop um, as time goes on. So thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Hey, Jim, thanks for coming. Are you kidding? I never miss one of your dinner parties. How's the new job? We're growing fast. And I stopped working weekends, thanks to how much smoother everything runs on NetSuite by Oracle. Fantastic. Uh, we're still using QuickBooks. Why haven't you upgraded to NetSuite? Uh, we're making QuickBooks work, sort of. Shh, watch your language. The kids are right there. Sorry, Amy. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. And 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control since upgrading from QuickBooks books to NetSuite. Yeah, sounds like it's time for me to switch to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash Kim. Head to netsuite.com slash Kim for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash Kim. And now I'd like to welcome Vertical Product Manager, Adam Mayo, who will dive into new functionalities for services-based businesses, specifically around projects, project management, and project financials. He'll discuss Project 360 and how it's helping services organizations deal with the labor shortage and increase productivity of their current workforce. He'll also explain the all-new invoice presentation template, as well as advanced project budget enhancements, project intercompany cross charge requests and labor expense allocation. Hi, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Kendall. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, So I want to kick things off. What is top of mind for services businesses right now? What sorts of challenges are they facing? Yeah, it really, for services businesses, as you can imagine, it's their talent uh, and employees and one retaining their talent. Uh, and then also dealing with some of the hiring challenges as well. Um, there's certainly uh, been a, a decrease in the the, the workforce mm-hmm. uh, and trying to figure out ways that they can make their talent want to stay on board, you know, whether it's continuing with remote working, uh, mm-hmm. you, as you can imagine, in services and consulting, there's uh, some road warriors and people that like traveling, but there's others that are, are kind of getting accustomed to being able to do the remote work. So continuing to offer that and building out skills for their resources so that they're they're able to uh, kind of build out their full career path within a mm-hmm. consulting space and, and are able to kind of visualize, but, but also have tools in place to, to help manage that. Yeah. Uh, topics that you know, just in conversations, even around, you know, hiring that we've had with our customers and internally here, um, you know, as people can't, I'm not that we're coming out of the pandemic, but amid the pandemic, people really thought about what's important to them in their work, um, and life and, uh, how that impacts them and how that impacts their career. It's the great resignation as we've dubbed it. And we keep hearing, uh, time and time again, and it's a challenge, you know, these hiring challenges are, really prevalent across all industries. But as you said, 
especially challenging for services-based businesses. Um, so in order for businesses to expand more, people need to be hired. Um, and, and that's, you know, <laughs> that's, an, it might sound obvious, uh, when I'm saying it out loud right now, but it is something that's super important and it's really come up amid this kind of great resignation. Um, so how can services-based businesses get around the labor shortage? Yeah, I mean, from a hiring standpoint, and I won't pretend to be an expert in uh, hiring practices, but I know, you know certain, some of the larger consulting organizations are, you know, generally there's kind of a fall push, let's say, on in college recruitment. I think they're looking at doing things more ongoing throughout the year and, and putting things in place where expanding their reach as far as the types of uh, schools and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, resources that they're looking to, to go after. Uh, and then, you know, going back to you're dealing with it, it it's certainly uh, taking a look at the types of work that they're bringing on. Uh, and I already talked about retaining the talent and that, that's yeah. crucial to put those things in place. But also if they're not able to go after as much business, what's certain kind of being able to take a look at, well, what types of work are going to bring in the most revenue or perhaps be the most profitable to us? And so if we aren't able to do uh, you know, or we're only doing, let's say 80% of the work that we did in years past because of that, we, we want to make sure that we're working on the things that, that are most impactful to the business. Mm. So how are we helping with that? What's in this release that helps services-based businesses, you know, choose the projects that are most impactful? Yeah. So really exciting. Uh, our uh, Project 360, uh, which is something that uh, was also showcased at Sweet World. Uh, up on the big stage. Uh, And really it's meant for project managers and it's a a dashboard view that allows them to see their whole portfolio. Uh, Think of it kind of as this project-centric workspace. Uh, And I can identify which projects are are doing well and and, and then also which ones are more at risk so I can take action on those. And, And so now having that single view and then being able to see by the type of project uh, we can start to get more insight, uh, not only to take action on those projects that are at risk, but then more holistically being able to, again, look back on projects and see, okay, these are the ones that maybe aren't uh, really as successful as the other types of engagements that we, we bring on. Um, and so we're able to uh, really put more tools in place for the project manager that, increase their productivity, which going back to that retention comment earlier as well, right. you know, if, they, if they're able to do their jobs more easily, you know, yep. we're, we're hopefully making them more happy as well. Right. Exactly. Um, earlier in this podcast, we actually talked to Scott Beaver about the cash 360. So, uh, I'm sensing a theme here. I think there, there's going to be more three sixties to come. Um, yeah. but Try not to get dizzy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, now around flexibility, you and I have talked a lot, especially, you know, in different live events on social media. And and for those of you who don't follow us on social media, here's a little shameless plug, go ahead and follow us at NetSuite, um, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, because we talk about uh, all different subjects that are impacting business, but we've talked with Adam specifically about, you know, project billing, um, project accounting, project management, and, and, you know, when it comes to flexibility, project billing can be super complex. Um, often customers require invoices to be formatted a certain way, or, you know, contain specific project information on the invoice. Um, and that's, 
can be a, a, a tedious task um, in and of itself. So what new capabilities in 2022 release one will help with this? Yeah, so we're going to be releasing what we're referring to as invoice presentation templates, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, we don't want to make it more difficult for our customers to, to pay invoices. And so yeah. being able to provide all the information that they need in that format, uh, but have a tool that I don't need to be a developer in order to customize and make those changes. So this mm -hmm. uh, invoice presentation templates will have a tool set. Uh, with you to being able to pick and choose what is going to be displayed uh, and then being able to assign that so that you have customer specific invoice presentation templates and it's going to be built on uh, a framework that is supported internationally as well so that you know if we're doing uh, work in other countries or, or even just for our customers that are located um, in different countries fully supporting currency and, and other regulations that go into the invoicing process again with the flexibility though to, to pick and choose how those invoices look now i imagine this will impact dso but what other effects will the invoice presentation templates have on organizations in delivering the project yeah you know so what i you know it's probably um a little bit more difficult to measure, but just even just from a basic customer SAT standpoint, um, so that we're increasing that service level to our customer because we're providing them the information they need and there's not a lot of back and forth. Uh, of course, on a cash flow perspective, you, you, yeah. you mentioned DSO, but we, we want to make sure that we're getting paid quicker uh, and not letting those things uh, kind of hang out there. Uh, and you know, ultimately, that's going to help drive more uh, profitability uh, for the business. Right. Of course. Um, now again, kind of on the accounting side, talk about billing, but on accounting, what other 2022 release one features, I keep getting stuck saying 2022 release one. It's a, it's a hard <laughs> thing to, <laughs> to say. So sorry to our listeners who might've heard me stumble on this a couple of times. It's, it's a lot to get out 2022 release one. Maybe I'll just call it 22.1. Um, but what other features will help services based um, companies be more efficient on the accounting side? Yeah. Well, well, first that one with release two, that's going to be four twos. So it's going to be even more difficult. I know, to, uh, get that I know. Out. So I don't envy you. <laughs> so many yeah, twos. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah. And you from, coming from a services side, you know, some of the features uh, I'm going to talk about are kind of a, a mixture of project with accounting so that, you know, again, having everything in NetSuite, a single solution. Um, we've done some things with uh, advanced project budgets. Um, that's a feature that's been out for several releases now, but with mm -hmm. 22 uh, release one, we're going to have the ability to add additional version to that. So currently you're only able to report on one budget version at a time against your actuals and then see where we might be going over under. And now I'll be able to have a baseline and then a kind of a current where we can update our estimate at complete. And then I can do comparisons against the baseline, against that estimate at complete or the actuals. Uh, we're, we're also, from a project perspective, going to uh, facilitate a tool for intercompany cross-charge requests. So if I know the dollar value of resources that were in a different subsidiary that worked on a project uh, for, for uh another subsidiary would be able to process that uh, amount. And then that's going to then uh, go into our intercompany um, automation capabilities and, and move those around. Uh, and then also looking at um, labor expense allocations and being able to uh, take payroll costs and, and allocate those across 
um, different programs, but also from a services perspective, looking to, to leverage that against projects so that we can uh, take our, our labor and, and accurately display the actuals from a project profitability perspective as well. Nice. Again, noticing some parallels here with what we're doing on the financial side of things with kind of intercompany transactions and, uh, you know, accounting processes. Very interesting there. Um, and with that, Adam, thank you so much for joining us on this. Looking forward to everything that's to come. Yeah. Thanks, Kendall. NetSuite Vice President of Product Management and Engineering for Suite Analytics, Yoav Bali, is now entering the building. And he talks about just that. New updates for Suite Analytics with 2022 Release 1, including momentum around the NetSuite Analytics Warehouse and new features with that, as well as Suite Analytics Workbooks dataset linking. So Yoav, using financial and operational data to run and grow a business is absolutely critical. To start here, how do we enable this for NetSuite users? Yes, I think the great thing about analytics at NetSuite is that we have um, analytics capabilities and solutions for companies, no matter where, they're, where they are in their, in their analytics journey. Um, a couple of years ago, we, we launched uh, Suite Analytics Workbooks and Dataset, and now recently we expanded that into the NetSuite Analytics Warehouse. Now, the, the analytics warehouse is an out-of-the-box data warehouse and an analytics platform that's pre-built specifically for NetSuite ERP. Um, it comes with pre-built connectors. Uh, everything is, of course, based on the cloud, and customers are able to consolidate multiple data sources, NetSuite and non-NetSuite data. And the, the analytics warehouse is, is embedding market-leading technologies like the Oracle Analytics Cloud and, and the Oracle Autonomous Data Warehouse. So all in all, I think we have, we have a, gate, a great solution spectrum for, for all the needs our customers have regarding yeah. analytics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like you and I have talked about the NetSuite analytic, Analytics Warehouse till we were blue in the face. Um, we, we announced it at SuiteWorld in October, and we've had some conversations across various platforms on social um, over the past couple of months. But since October, we've actually already added some new functionality. So what new capabilities are coming in 2022 release one that you can talk about? Yes, there, there are a bunch of them. So first, we have added five more pre-built dashboards um, for sales, order management, procurement, inventory, and financials. Uh, in addition to these dashboards, we also have added three more historical snapshots. Um, these are for work orders, inventory, and expense reporting. Um, and last but not least, um, we have added additional 18 transaction types that are also now available out of the box with the analytics warehouse. And all of this comes, as you mentioned, with, with the first release of 2022. Amazing. And just for our listeners who are tuning in right now, we will actually be diving into the NetSuite analytics warehouse, everything it offers and the benefits for our customers in an upcoming live panel that we're hosting on our social platforms. And that's happening on January 26th. I'll provide a link to that in the uh, description of this episode. Um, so feel free to join in with us um, on that to learn more. Now, you all have, I've also heard some really exciting news around data set linking in Suite Analytics workbooks for 22 release one. First, what 
is data set linking and how does it help our customers? Yeah, data set linking is, is one of my absolute favorite features. What, what it allows you to do, it, it takes, um, the, or it, it allows you to build um, analytics on top of two different data sets and lets you combine these two data sets into, into a virtual one, basically. Um, most prominently, this is useful for um, CFOs who would like to compare um, budgets versus actual for mm -hmm. you know, different departments, for example. Um, and they want to make sure that you know, they're not spending more than, than what they thought they will in, in specific cases. But there are many of these use cases uh, uh, you can think of where, where this comes in very handy. And I'm, and I'm really happy that we're getting this feature out um, with this next release. Yeah, because we launched dataset linking in our last release. So what's changed in 2022 release one? Yes, and in, in, in the last release, um, you still needed a developer to build this dataset linking. So we released the APIs first. Um, you would have to have somebody in SuiteScript that would um, build the linking there, and then you could have the visualizations on top. Now with um, the, the upcoming release, um, every user of workbooks and, and data sets can do, can do that linking via UI and then build the uh, visualizations on top of, of these linked data sets directly. So it, it now allows also business users to use this fantastic feature. And will it work with custom fields and records? Absolutely. Um, custom fields are out of the box available in, in for, for data set creation, um, same as, as custom records. And um, they are also available to be, to be linked or uh, to be based on in, in terms of linking two data sets together. Great. Well, thank you so much for this information. Um, lots going on on the, on the analytics side. So appreciate you filling us in and uh, we'll look forward to more to come in the future. Thank you. Last but certainly not least, I'm chatting with Eric Klein, the Principal Outbound Product Manager for the Sweet Cloud Platform. He's discussing what's coming in 2022 Release 1, diving into software lifecycle management, as well as continuous integration and delivery functionality for Sweet Apps. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much for joining us back on the NetSuite podcast. Oh, hello, Kendall. Thank you, and it's great to be back here. So I'm always excited for this portion of our release episodes because you always have so much going on with the Sweet Cloud platform. So I'll start with that. What has the team been up to with this latest release? Well, Kendall, as many of our listeners are aware, Sweet Cloud is really all about customizing the suite, customizing NetSuite to help customers run their businesses. And as you and I have touched on before, since every business is unique, there really are lots of use cases where modifying or adding product capabilities is very helpful when meeting specific functional requirements. And mm -hmm. this can range from say, simple product configuration to visual no code modification of the user experience, even the NetSuite data model. So when we talk about building custom applications and integrations with say with third-party systems and other external solutions, really we're talking about kind of a range of capabilities that customers utilize 
to take NetSuite to the next level and really make the suite their own. But to answer your question specifically, so in terms of what's new, I just wanted to spend a few minutes with our listeners on the subject of software lifecycle management and mm -hmm. specifically how customers and partners can leverage these suite cloud technologies to publish applications as well as automate key lifecycle stages such as build and deploy, key, very key stages that are effectively putting into place continuous integration and delivery or CICD for short, that's kind of the common acronym, to, mm -hmm. to really significantly improve the efficiencies of how applications or we use the term suite apps are created and ultimately discovered and installed by all of our customers. Well, that sounds very cool and certainly of interest to the NetSuite developer community. Um, I've heard that CI and CD is a big deal to developers and DevOps teams. So can you go into a little more detail with that? Absolutely. Well, as many of our listeners know, application development, like developers, right, where they're actually doing a lot of their, their coding, that coding of business logic, specifically using SuiteScript, Sorry, SuiteScript is our customization language. It's a JavaScript-based environment. Thank That's you. done generally <laughs> within an IDE context. And NetSuite supports widely used IDEs, such as Eclipse and WebStorm. Eclipse has been around for a long time. And we've recently added support for Visual Studio Code, or VS Code, which is really one of the most widely used code editors out there. And, and we are providing a new extension that's freely downloadable. And, and this is really great news to VS coders. And believe me, again, there's lots of them out there because they really want to use VS Code to write extensions in SuiteScript. So the extension enables connectivity to NetSuite accounts and resources by virtue of the connecting through the Suite Cloud development framework or SDF. So when I, when I use the term SDF, that refers to the Suite Cloud Development Framework. And I'll cover this a little bit more later, but a key point for our listeners here is that SDF provides a wide range of benefits to developers. And I strongly encourage folks to take a close look at SDF if they're not already using it. So once folks are working in their IDE, how does that play into other aspects of lifecycle management? Right, well, like as I, as I mentioned, most of the work gets done inside of the IDE, right? So developers, when they're working with, with code, they're, they're writing business logic, they're connecting to APIs, right? That, the action is taking place inside of the IDE. And when we talk about you know, writing code, SuiteScript, ECMAScript, compliant JavaScript, that's, that's an, important, an important point to take away here that SuiteScript provides not just the language, but a rich library of APIs for really interacting with any NetSuite resource or data element. So when building an application or an integration, developers typically engage in best practice techniques for writing procedural logic that can run both on the client and the server side. SuiteScript and, and the portfolio or library of APIs, say such as those for accessing Suite Analytics workbook functionality are incredibly powerful and open up a lot of possibilities for extending NetSuite. I wanna to touch on something that you had mentioned earlier and, and you said we were gonna to get to. It sounds like IDE is a key part of the developer 
toolbox. So how does this tie into SDF? Well, well, for sure. You know, so as, as mentioned, SDF plays a key role in delivering a great developer experience, right? Because developers are working inside their IDE, interacting with SDF. This is not necessarily a product experience. It's a developer experience. And so without going into a lot of detail, SDF provides developers with agility in that it essentially enables this IDE-centric experience, right? It's a collaborative environment, meaning multiple developers can work together on projects that supports must-have functionality that you would expect from any developed environment, like version control, object dependency, and change management, and, and really all custom objects that you work with as a developer. Things like forms, transactions, workflows, et cetera, are all defined as editable XML intermanaged as projects. So everything is, lives in a project context inside of SDF. And, and the other key piece to this is that we also provide a, a CLI or command line interface as part of the Suite Cloud IDE. And we provide both Java and Node.js command line interfaces that enable these SDF users or developers to, per, to perform common tasks like updating these custom objects, validating any dependencies within the project, and deploying these projects to accounts as functioning applications, which could include sandbox or all the way into production accounts. And these tasks or kind of key milestones along the software development lifecycle all can be scripted and scheduled for automation purposes. Wow, that is really impressive. Um... You know, when you, when you talk about SDF, I was struck by how users can automate just about any life cycle process. Um, and you mentioned CI and CD. So can you help our listeners get a clear idea of really what that all means? Well, absolutely, Kendall. And I, and I think, you know, there, there's a lot of detail here, but the key takeaway is that really SDF is an incredibly flexible environment when it comes to supporting these different stages of pipeline automation. And I think this is kind of a key takeaway for our listeners, right? That this basically means that any repetitive task associated with say running application test harness, deploying applications, all the things that developers and DevOps teams typically do, these can now be performed without manual intervention. Now, sometimes this does require integration to other environments. So SuiteCloud seamlessly helps to integrate to most CI/CD management environments. And these things are you know, commonly deployed. Different customers use different products, but typically these consist of things like T GitLab or TeamCity. Jenkins is another very common one and really many, many others out there. And this gives teams the power to define these CI pipers, CI integration pipelines that mm -hmm. automate these cyclical build and test phases associated with, say, any Suite Cloud project. And what's really cool is that these pipelines can be further enhanced to auto deploy projects to test environments like Jest for acceptance testing. So Jest is a is an open source. Uh, kind of test framework that we integrate to, as well as to actual production for smoke testing and final release to production accounts. Yeah, I can certainly see why this can be so valuable, basically enables any NetSuite developer to get things done faster and of course be more productive. 
Um, so thank you for all of that insight, Eric. I can't believe it. We're already at the end of our time. Um, but is there anything else you'd like to wrap up with before we head out here? Yeah, there's one, one more thing I kind of want to leave, leave our audience with, and this may be more applicable to partners than end customers, but I, I really want to make mention of the fact that SuiteCloud makes it possible to provision these sort of finished applications or suite apps, leveraging a feature that we call Control Center. And that's where these apps can then be published to a rich catalog where they become discoverable to customers. So all of these suite apps can be found with in the in-product, what we call Suite App Marketplace, as well as online at the suiteapp.com site. And these apps are developed both by internally by NetSuite, as well as by an active global ecosystem of ISV partners who build and market these applications to address a wide variety of customer needs. Great. And I'll make sure to include uh, the suiteapp.com site um, in the description of this episode. And with that, Eric... So much going on as per usual. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing. Well, thank you, Kendall. It's always a pleasure. See you next time. A lot of awesome new functionality to kick off 2022. No better way to do it, right? If you want to learn more or dive into any of the areas we covered today, I've left a link in the description of this podcast episode for our 2022.1 overview. Thank you so much to all of our guests for joining us today. And most especially, thank you, all of our listeners, for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe for more episodes just like this. Bye. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.